Hello and welcome to episode 290 of Three Beers in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and tonight I'm with... Stu McCall. Thank you very much for filling in for Mr Mackay who is, you know, travelling the world. Well, still in England. Um, he's, he's, not in the, he's not in the confines of Alba at this point in time. He's, he's far away. No problem. Happy to do so. How do you reckon he's getting on? I just I worry about calling the big city, you know. I know Raggy's not the big city, but I feel I, I do worry about the man. Um, it's I feel like he's not built for it. I feel he needs a no. carer to look after him. Yeah. Well, we will avenge him if we need to. Yes. Um, I just, I just feel like I imagine him getting. I imagine like see that scene in uh, Black Books when Bill Bailey runs away from home. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I imagine <laughs> calling like in the big city, you know. Taking in Bible and turning into a man, you know, yeah, Colin has got a lovely beard right now, so it, it could definitely go that route. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's not rule it out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a dangerous thought of Colin in the big city, but I'm sure he'll be fine, and I'm sure he will not come back a changed man. He'll come back the same as we always known. Um, are you drinking anything tonight in honour of the, the pod you've not, um, you've not been on for a while? Uh, I'm not, sadly, um, as I have the, the rather boring. Um, parental responsibilities of picking up my eldest son from youth club which i totally forgot about so no okay. i'm not drinking anything apart from a glass of h2o nice one how about yourself we're, we're on the clock tonight so we'll be brief i'm drinking brew dog because it's all i've got in the fridge so well, that's, that's, that's all I have. um let's get started on this then have you watched anything at home of interest recently anything that's sort of past your eyes i know you're waiting for succession to come back it's back this week isn't it or next week yes yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's next week. Next week, um, Monday or something. It's the new. It take, oh, Sunday takes over from Last of Us, doesn't it? It's, it's like the new HBO yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. Very excited about Succession. I think it's been pretty perfect so far. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it finalizes. Um, we have just started The Last of Us. Um, sure. We're a bit behind everyone, but yeah, I've watched the first ep. Very impressed, I have to say. Yes. Um, and we finished um, Happy Valley, um, which obviously everyone was enough about i feel um, it's the happy valley train it's uh, i'm not on the train to happy valley it's not very happy it's, no i've it's, heard it's not very it's, nice you know? it's it's miserable valley uh incredibly bleak valley um but no a lot of good things about it very good things about it but a lot of naff things you know it's it's very much um a bbc production rather than an hbo i would say you can still see the difference, can't you? There's a, there's a yes. HBO production that just feels, I feel, always feel, feels more cinematic. BBC yeah. know how to make something for TV, whereas HBO makes it for TV, but they make it feel like it should be on a cinema screen. Absolutely. That's perfectly articulated. That's exactly the case with Happy Valley. And it's, just, it's little things. It's the um, it's the, the the drop in quality between the star performers and the middling supporting that's, players. Yeah, that's it's huge. Thing, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's huge, which is very apparent because there are stellar performances from two or three um, characters in Happy Valley, particularly Sarah Lancashire, but the drop-off, some of it is like, oh like, man. The fifth is almost like, it's not quite am-dram, but it's like, it's, it's sort of, it's getting to that level almost. It's like, it's not even casualty, it's doctors or, you know, yeah. the bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. But the show itself is good, because I have heard good things about it, I just, I just don't feel like I've got it in me to watch it, that's so. all. I, I, I would say it's, it's nowhere near as, apologies if um, you can hear my very loud youngest son in the background excitedly <laughs> shouting something, but uh, I, I would say it's it's worth a watch, but in terms of the hype, is not remotely justified, the hype. It feels like it becomes a domino effect with these things, of social media, particularly with British things, where it's nice that people still have, um, that we still have these events, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I like that, the television event thing, um, but no, it's it's uh, there were so many gaping plot holes and, and stuff that just really pissed me off. But, uh, yeah. I, I would say it's it's solid but uh, overrated. Right, yeah. So I've, I've enjoyed the eventness of The Last of Us. You've obviously you're going to watch it on one go, but I've enjoyed the week to week watching of it. Like it's been nice yeah. to get because it's weird because it, it's it's a show where other people know the story, they know where it ends, and I didn't know where it ended. Right. Yeah. So it's quite interesting to talk to people who knew where it was ending but didn't, didn't want to ruin it for people. But also, mm. they're also intrigued by the sort of the differences they have. And what I'm told, uh-huh. the finale of it is pretty much exactly the game. Um, yeah, cool. If I've, okay. If I've not played the game, so apparently it's almost not quite sure. But it does, feel, I can see when you're watching it, it does feel like a game at times. You can actually see yeah. almost like yeah. how it feels like a game. Um, so I really, I really enjoyed the finale. I thought it was a, pretty much a perfect show, apart from maybe one episode I felt dipped slightly. 
I didn't really mm-hmm. understand what it did. You'll probably you get it. You'll, you'll see what I mean. Um, but on the half, I thought it was a pretty much damn well perfect show and, and very much enjoyed it. And it, it just grew on me more and more I watched it, honestly. And right. I, it's made me want to play the game. So I might have to buy the game and invest in that. Yeah, the, the game is, is pretty spectacular. It's the last game I completed. It felt like I'd completed video games themselves yeah, yeah, by playing games. I just thought I don't see game better. Anything else to do is just need to be trying to achieve. It's going to yeah. lack compared to that, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Yeah. Now, I'm looking forward to uh, delving more into it because I really enjoyed the first app. Yeah, you will, you will definitely enjoy it. The first step is definitely it's a cracking, like, like sort of entry and it's, it's even just simple stuff to do like the idea that culture ends in 2002 yeah. how they play that out throughout the whole f- series is really well done you know yeah, um, cool. Cool. It's, it's really it's world building without being showy world building they, they yeah. don't ever like you know make a point of it it's just something you just slowly in the background you start seeing it um, cool. so it's good so you'll really enjoy it um, but anyway let's move on to the main event well the thing I watched this week was we finished I always call it Good Sisters it's Bad Sisters um, yeah. Uh, Sharon Horgan scripted based on a Norwegian, oh no, Flemish, um, show. Um, so it's okay. that the uh, British Irish audience, um, about basically four sisters who decide to kill the husband of the fifth sister because he's an absolute dick. One, one, probably one of the best hissable villains you've seen on TV in the last like sort of ten years. Like he's just right. a proper dick, and you're like going, yeah, I get it. You know they're doing something completely heinous. You go, yeah, I'm with them. Um, yeah. Ten episodes and it's so much fun. It's very pulpy, it's very silly, um, in what it's trying to do at times. But it's it feels slightly elevated pulp, like you know, there's, there's a cleverness to it as opposed to it feeling too much like something you might see on ITV Plus or ITV Two. It, it feels uh-huh. higher than that. Um, all the cast are excellent, and it's just it's a crackingly good ten episode watch. It doesn't really over cool. every episode has a point. Every episode is entertaining on its own merit. None of them end to the point we go. I didn't really see the point in that episode. They mm-hmm. all move the show along. It built a conclusion that I kind of called about episode three or four, but I still enjoyed the journey to get to where we're where you're going. Yeah, yeah. that sounds great. Yeah, she's an excellent writer, um, Sharon Hogan. I really liked Catastrophe that she wrote with um, what's his face, Rob Delaney. Oh, that was a really that was a really good sitcom, um, but really pushed the boundaries of what a sitcom could be it was very very gritty and visceral the stuff they went through um in that just basically about a really unconventional couple a one-night stand and it results in pregnancy so they stay together um and uh yeah that it deals with a lot of things like alcoholism and you know uh recovering alcoholic quite a bit doesn't she that seems to be sort of almost a trope for her well, it wasn't her in that, actually. It was him. Oh, that's interesting. And this, she's got that. Going I'm sure I've seen her on a couple of other things, but she always plays like the, the, the kind of older woman who's just who's had a rough, slightly tougher time, and she's kind of out of the other side. Seems like yeah. What? Maybe it's not a stretch for her to write that. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Who could say? It's odd because like, she writes very good shows from what I've, like, one I've watched and mm. what you've said. But the, the acting jobs she takes up that aren't her own, they're very odd choices. Like, she was in that one like military wives and she was in like yeah. um, Save Our Cinema so I've almost like straight to video yeah. like um, bank holiday watches it's, it's, it's very I mean I guess they might pay the bills more than the other stuff so. well she was in um, what was that um, yeah she's been in like a few kind of subpar Richard Curtis-esque you know rom-coms as well hasn't she in, in these supporting middling roles yeah and you, you, yeah and just think why is she in that I guess um, that yeah. might, might pay the bills. I guess, like, you know, maybe. I suppose so. Yeah. You know, um, if you yeah, could drop yeah. the on that, maybe makes her, allows her to be a writer for, you know, six months. Yeah. She writes um, Motherland as well, which is very good. Ah, okay. I'll have to. I'll have to check out more of her writing work. I'm not, I'm not really a huge fan of her, like, her other, like, movies. They're not really that interesting to me. No. No. Um, no, I agree. They're all kind of very much something my granny would watch as opposed to what I would watch. So <laughs> um, I'll have to check out what if she, she in. Right, I'm looking to see what she's in. She, oh, she's in Game Night. Remember, she was like the, oh, yeah. the love interesting, like the, the one that gets brought along. Yes. That's what I remember. That's when I, and she's in Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent as well. She is in the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Okay, yeah. is, is, is she in um, 
about time or something similar like that. So one of them. Well, how they build a girl as well, which I did not like that much. I liked the book, but did not like the film. Oh yeah, the film wasn't good. No, it wasn't um, good. Didn't Bojack Bojack Horseman as well? Man Up, she was in the one with Simon Pegg. I think he plays like that's, his sister. That's the one. That's the one yeah. I'm thinking of rather than about time. Yeah, Man yeah. Up. Yeah. That one. She, she seems to be very, very. I'm guess again makes the money. That's I'm, I, yeah. You can't. You can't well, yeah, anyway, I watched that and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. I'll uh, definitely get on that. Sounds great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's on Apple Plus, and there's the only man who's got Apple Plus. I'm trying to push people to to invest more in Apple Plus, so they because they, they do seem I to have... make they make they go for quality over quantity, which I think I'm liking Abs- about them. Absolutely, yeah, totally agree. Um, they don't they don't hit you with a deluge of stuff like Netflix, but uh, yeah, the stuff on there tends to be decent, doesn't it? They make, they make events of things. Anyway, so let's move on to the main event of this week, which was the Oscars, which happened, you know, pretty much almost a week ago now. <coughs> but um, we're a movie podcast. At least we should at least discuss the Oscars, even if we don't really give a shit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, start with, well, I think we're happy with who won. You know, it's like, we've, we've no real dog in the fight, but like, um, best picture went to everything, everywhere, all at once, which... I don't think we can really fall. I enjoyed it. You you loved it. I yeah. really much enjoyed it as well. I, I'm yeah. happy. Happy a film like that one. It seems yeah. unconventional. Yeah. No. I'm very surprised. But yeah, very was, very surprised. It was winning all the guild awards. It just felt like the momentum was building to the point where like it felt yeah. almost like it, it was guaranteed. It. Um, yeah. I kind of I, I'm. You, you alluded to it, but I really I give so little other shit that I don't really pay attention to even the buzz beforehand so yeah. I, I knew nothing until the um the morning I, I guess I'm just I, I I was viewing it from the perspective of well what kind of film normally wins and I guess the Oscars judging panel we thought oh we need to we need to make sure we become a, a we, we go against the grain a bit here so yeah. it's it's cool that something is inventive and comedic and yeah silly and goofy and creative as uh, everything everywhere won. Um, yeah. There's no way it's a best picture film in a million years, but it's it's a damn good romp. You know, I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. But I think apparently the voting has changed for best picture. It's changed in the last like, maybe five or six years where you rank all the pictures that are up for it, or you give your top three. Okay. And then that the points get so if you your number one picture gets three points, second one gets two points, and the bottom one gets one point. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's how that film Coda won last time. Right. Like, no one gave it a number one vote, but a lot of people uh, gave it a number yeah. three just because they enjoyed it. And I think possibly this might be the same for, um, right. for everything. It felt like maybe it was on everyone's list, maybe not as many as number one, whereas other films might have been more number ones, um, but didn't get other people. Because it seemed a lot of dislike for certain other films. Like, people either loved or hated Tar. Tar, yeah. I Tar really enjoyed. see Tar. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people hated it. A lot of people were saying with the Fablemans, they felt it was, a, it was too self-indulgent. And right. people didn't like, people really were ready to shit on Avatar very quickly. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Love it. The one I thought might have actually surprised people because of the voting system. I thought Top Gun Maverick, which is, it is a pile of shit, but it might have surprised people. <laughs> yeah. People imagine, imagine if Top Gun Maverick won Best Picture, though. Sure. Even if that happened, they would have said, listen, we have to, we have to change this. Like, <laughs> we, we can't. It's just, uh, yeah, madness. I mean, again, it's not a pearl It's a very well-made film, and it's a very, for everyone who likes it, a joke film, but I, did, I just didn't buy into it. I just didn't get why it was so beloved. Very odd. No. Um, but very happy everything all, everywhere all at once for, for winning the, the award, and I'm going to get, hopefully it disappears a little bit, I'm going to get fed up seeing it. It's a lot to roll off. I know, it's too long. Yeah. Too long. <laughs> it's too long and too many, just all the words just seem to meld together. Yeah. Um, it's just like, Best actor went to everyone's favourite Brendan, Brendan Fraser, for The Whale, um, which I'm, as a man who loves The Mummy, um, I'm, and a man who loves The Sino Man, uh, and Gods of the Jungle. And, um, All Oscar worthy. Yes, air, I like Airheads as well. Um, there's one who was in Monkey Bone, and it's like animation, him in an animated world, fucking love that movie. So I'm a big fan of Brendan yeah. Fraser. Um, very happy to see him win the award. I would it's a great, it's a great performance by him in that film. I did not like the film. I really detested the film in many ways. I really disliked it in a big bad way. Yeah. Uh, but see. I get why. It's a performance that I can see why Oscar went for it. Do you? Where do you stand on that? I guess this is a whole other podcast. But if a film isn't good, but the performance is great, do you think people should still win Oscars for it? 
I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to... Because I get it, because like you're rewarding his performance. Isn't it? You're not rewarding him his performance. You're not rewarding the film for his performance, but you're, you're shining a light on that film, aren't you? Yeah. Because there, there is some really bad films with some really good performance. You go, but then The Whale obviously got enough of an impact that people felt it was... Some, I know people think The Whale was a good film, I think, mm. that it gets away with it. Like, you couldn't do it for, like, say, Scary it's not Movies. a bad film. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't do it for Scary Movies 7, when there's some guy playing a great role in Scary Movies 7, but it's like... <laughs> It's a terrible movie. You, you couldn't really get away with it that way, but no. there's enough people who like the whale. Or thought they were like, I think a lot of people missed the point of the whale. Or what, I, I, again, mm-hmm. it's another complete podcast anyway. But I yeah. didn't like the whale, and the things I didn't like about it, I've seen a lot of people not liking about it. Um, so, but I, I can't fault his performance in it. It's a very, it's a very, the the things that make me not like it is nothing that he did. It's all more directorial no. choices, I would say. Yeah. It's it's his victory. I still haven't seen the film. Um, uh, a fan of both director and actor, so I'm looking forward to it. If a bit trepidatious after your review, but um, it, Hollywood loves a good um, comeback story as well, though, doesn't it? From a narrative yeah. perspective, I think as well because it's a comeback story when it was Hollywood that shunned him as well. Yes, they blacklisted exactly. him because of like things that happened in his personal life. Not he done something. Something happened to him. Yeah. And he spoke out about it, and, and basically Hollywood decided we don't want you anymore. So I think the fact you came back to the fold and sort of, and they almost feel a bit of guilt involved in it, possibly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I personally yeah. gave to to um, Farrell for Banshees because mm-hmm. I thought it was a wonderful performance in Banshees. Um, yeah, but I can't, you can't not like Brendan Fraser. No, he's lovely, and uh, you know his guest performance in Scrubs alone deserves an Oscar. Wonderful. You see, like he turned up at um, the. Prince Charles Theatre like last month because they were showing The Mummy and he introduced oh, no. it completely not it wasn't supposed to be he just turned up on the day but he had the full um, outfit from The Mummy he had the full record and I was like oh that's amazing oh that's great yeah so he has, he's, he's a good he's a good he's a good dude he's a good night he's a good guy yeah um, best yeah. actress Michelle Yeoh for, again for Everything Everywhere All at Once can't really fault it she's very good in the film she's an excellent film and she's also michelle yo so we're all happy yeah. for michelle yo because she's an absolute badass so yeah. it's nice to see someone like that get the recognition because i thought a lot of people just saw her as like a stunt performer almost like she wasn't mm-hmm. yeah. um but um looking at it like who else up for it i if you're looking for i would probably give it to anna de armas i thought anna de armas in blonde was great and i really like blonde i know a lot of people did not like blonde a lot so but i quite like <laughs> blonde um Blanchett, I think Blanchett was stuck by the fact that people, she just Kate Blanchett, she's always fucking good. Yeah, she's got the Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks problem now, where yeah. she's just, is taken for granted. But from what I've heard, and you've loved it, I'm, I'm really excited about seeing it. It's some people saying it's career high for her, which I would say, I probably be a yeah, I'm definitely wow. that, yeah. Um, wow, because I mean, she's got five God tier performances at least, hasn't she? Yeah. Um, Michelle Williams for the Fablemans. I, I, I liked her in that film, and I think she might be now be coming into the new Amy, not Amy Adams. Uh, Amy Adams, like you know, constantly nominated yeah. but never going to win. She's just yeah. always great but never quite makes it. Yeah. Um, and the Andrea Riseborough kerfuffle all died down eventually. I've not seen that film yet, but it's on it's on Sky Cinema, so I might actually watch it this week. The two Leslie mm-hmm. movie I might actually see it this week. Um, she's always great. She's always good as well, and. I think the big thing was the fact that the girl who, who's in, is it Daniel Deadwater, who's in, um, oh, it's a film about the the boy who gets lynched. She plays the, yeah. plays the mother. Uh, I, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Kind of like, I'm, I'm forgetting the name now. But she's, uh, she's excellent in that film. She is fantastic in that film. So it does feel like that is a film that maybe could have been, she should be nominated mm-hmm. for. But well done to Michelle Yeoh. We love Michelle Yeoh. She's awesome. She, yeah. She's great. She's badass. She's cool. Yeah. Best supporting actor, Ki Hu Kwan. This again feels like the sort of just the total um, Hollywood redemption story. Hollywood loved the story as opposed to the performance is good. There's nothing wrong with performance. It's very, it's lovely. It's, like, it's, it's lovely. It's good, but it's not. Not an Oscar worthy performance. Um, I would have probably given it to Barry Keogh if I was going to pick one of them. Yeah. If we're going to give one of them. Um, Judd Hirsch is not in the film is enough to honour it. He's in it. He's literally in for two scenes to to give him a nomination. Was seemed a bit ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. um, I've not seen Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway, but um, I'm I was I think I like him as an actor, so I'm quite intrigued to see what he does in that. But yeah, I, I, nothing against. I'm all for the redemption story as well, and 
the fact again he was sort of shunned by Hollywood again and stuff like that, and it's nice to see him coming back and welcome back. So it's, yeah, but I think in years to come, you'll maybe you'll look like an odd one when you look back on it. Um, and best supporting actress, Jamie Lee Curtis, for everything about all at once, which is an odd one because it's probably not even the best supporting role in that film. <laughs> no, it's really, it's a real, that's a really strange one. Again, it feels like they're honouring, like, she's because obviously she's Hollywood royal royalty. She comes from the Hollywood royal family, essentially, you know. So it's, yeah. it just feels yeah. a little bit. Why, of all the films to give it for, it, it, it almost feels like a lifetime achievement award. I felt rather than yes. for that film. Well, there, there is it felt when you think about the winners here, and we're coming to the same point really. This is a bit of a victory parade all round. Um, Look, we're righting the wrongs of our lack of inclusivity with winners to a degree. We are going against the grain with the biopics or, um, yeah, you know, like in years gone by, Elvis would have cleaned up, wouldn't it? Banshee would have cleaned up because it's classically great, you know, it's yeah. indisputably great. So, if and a lot of it is, this is all it, it, to me, it feels a bit, um, draped, draped in sentimentality <coughs> a little bit, um, yeah. I'd probably give it to Stephanie Huzu for everything over once she plays the baddie in that. I would give it to her that bit. Probably if we're gonna get not go for that. Hong Chow, who's in the whale, she plays like sort of Brendan Fraser's carer friend in it. And she gives right. a wonderful performance in that. I would probably give it to her. And I'll, I'm gonna what? give it to her. Oh, I really liked um is it Lisa Condon? Is it Kerry Condon? Condon? Kerry Condon, yeah. Um, yeah. But she was she was great. But uh, I mean, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis was damn good fun. I mean, I'm not I'm not disputing it was a good performance, but um yeah, bit of a surprising one. Yeah, uh, director Daniel's got it for everywhere, everywhere all at once. Mm. It always seems odd to me when the best director doesn't get or best film doesn't get doesn't get best director. It's I agree. I agree. Yeah, so I'm I'm fine. Fine with it getting it. And also, I'm happy that the guys who made the Farton Corpse movie are the guys who won an Academy Award now. That makes me feel kind of happy about life. You know, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, Probably wouldn't have. I mean, who would I give it to? I'm trying to think of who I would have given it to out of them. Probably give it to Spielberg because I like Spielberg. That's probably what I would go with, to be honest. Just give it to Spielberg, goddammit. Yeah. Um, original screenplay, everywhere, everywhere, all at once. Again, it's an original idea. It's a, it's a very original film, so I totally get the, why you give it to that. It makes total sense. Yeah. The land that's, up that's, land a, that's a no brainer. Yeah. That, that's a no brainer. It's, 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 it's brimming with originality. You know, it's indisputably the best. I, I'm not going to argue with that at all. That, that's the one I. That's naively the one I thought was only the only shoe in for it. Um, uh, it felt yeah. a bit like that would get the screenplay award, but something else would win. A bit like they done with Get Out. They nominate for best picture just because, like, we're nominated because it's been a bit of a cultural thing. We'll yes. give it best screenplay, but we'll give something more classical the best picture Oscar. Fiction got it as well. That- didn't win best picture, yeah. but won best screenplay, that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't quite belong on the big table yet, but you know, we'll give you this to say, you know, well done, kind of thing. Aye. Yeah, you've done something. You've yeah. done something major. Um, and best adapted screenplay, as uh, we always like to see these ones, is Women Talking, written by Sarah Polly. She uh, adapted the novel. Nice to see Sarah Polly pick up an Oscar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I uh, I, I haven't seen that, but yes. It's very good. No. I enjoyed it. It's a lot funnier yeah. than I thought it'd be. It's a lot. It's not quite as it's dark as fuck, but there's also a real kind of gallows humour through it that actually works really yeah. well. I was surprised because I thought yeah. it was a real tough watch. And it is. Yeah. But if yeah. you made a song, it, it would be really impossible to watch, I think. Yeah, and it needed those uh, moments of light. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good. Um, I don't know who else would I give it to. Not Top Gun Maverick before, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the Glass Onion film. It's technically adapted screenplay because it's based on non-original characters. Um, but as everyone I spoke to has told me Living, which I've watched recently, but it's based on a, a Japanese movie called Akira, okay. read, read by Akira Kurosawa. Um, and they've told me it's a, it's a very faithful adaptation, but it's it does well to sort of adapt it from Japan to London. Okay. Uh, so I've not seen the original, so I can't really comment on that, but apparently it's a very good adaptation, so I've maybe I've given it to that one. Um, cool. A couple of very quick ones just to run over that I liked. So animated was Pinocchio. I still haven't seen that. Del Toro, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it. If you'd asked me the week, maybe like two months ago, I would say there's no way that's not going to win it. But then I did also see Puss in Boots and Marcel the Shell with Shoes on in the last Oh, I really weeks. liked the sound of Marcel. It looked great. 
Marcel's lovely, but Marcel also makes me angry because the reason Marcel got nominated, but yet Apollo nine and a half didn't get nominated. Oh yes, remember. And yeah. Marcel was pretty much he's the only there's only he's animated, but the rest are all real. Yeah. So I don't understand how it can get in, but mm. yeah. That's like way more of a loophole than Linklater, isn't it? Yeah. So, but it's a one. It's a wonderful film. It's very, it's very sweet, very yeah. charming. It's, it's lovely. It's um, Jenny Slate. It's she's written, she's wrote it, and she's um doing the voice as well. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's lovely. Try and watch that. But and also, Puss in Boots was surprisingly exceptionally good, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone I speak to who's seen Puss in Boots tells me it's masterful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? And as much as like Pinocchio takes, you can see the effort involved and the love involved in Pinocchio. Did I have a better time watching Puss in Boots? Probably kind of did, because it's mm-hmm. it's dealing with less weighty things, but I'm much, yeah. pretty much in the geothermal you know, world of you know animations. Are, it's a medium, not a genre, so I'm, I'm very happy he won an award. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, all I'm going to mention very quickly is the best original song, for reasons that it's in the film RRR, um, and it's called Natu Natu. And if honestly, if we're going to give an award to any film this year, that would have got best picture, Best director, <laughs> everything else. Because that film is a fucking force of nature and should be watched by everyone. If you get a chance to see I, uh, it, I've I've only seen clips. It's three hours long, isn't it? It is three hours long, and it's it worth every minute of those three hours. It's see the stuff you've seen. I guarantee the clips you've seen. That's not even. I think most of the stuff you see the clips of is like the first twenty-five minutes of it. It's like, <laughs> like the, the dance. There's a whole dance number that this song is based on. It lasts about fifteen minutes, and every minute of it's fucking phenomenal. It's like, <laughs> imagine if like Mad Max Fury Road had tigers. That's that you would look at, <laughs> and made the the British like just properly despicable bad guys. Which yeah, is, which is kind of wonderful to watch it. But I think that's why these people get really angry about it over here. I'm like, but we kind of were, and not just kinda. We were, you know? we were. Yeah. yeah, we literally caused like five famines in like twenty years just to try and wipe out the population, you know. So, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. So um, that's one I'm going to mention because it should have got more love, I think. After it really was, a, it really is a fucking crackingly good movie. And such a when you watch, because we're so used to watching Western film, you see something from like a different film um, mm-hmm. community that you're not used to seeing, but they don't need Hollywood. They've got their own whole world that they can do what they want with and make money and they can do films the way they want to do them. It's but it's just, it's so bizarre. Not bizarre, it's, it's so refreshing to see something you go like, holy shit, this is, there's, there's not just one way of doing something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Same, like, we yeah. love Scandinavian cinema, but it's, it's uh-huh. different from American cinema, but it's still mostly American cinema. It's just, it follows the same rules to an extent. Yes. When you watch like yeah. Japanese cinema, you watch like Indian cinema, it's it's very different. You know, it's like they, they don't care, they, you know. Yeah. They don't bow to the conventions of cinema. Yeah. They have their own conventions that they brought um, up through yeah. their industry, yeah. and that's what they want to do. So every film, no matter what it's about, has to have a big fucking dance number. And I'm all for it. <laughs> <coughs> Remember at one point, yeah. the guy, they were filming an Indian movie outside my work at one point. Uh-huh. And it was like a remake of Speed. But with right. like, um, uh, the guy, there's a guy in my work who, like, one of the guys I work with was like, that guy's like, if that guy walked in Bombay, he would not be able to move. <laughs> well, he's like pretty much the top right. cruise of, okay. of wow. Bollywood cinema, but in, in Glasgow, standing outside my work drinking a coffee. It's like, it's so bizarre, you know, it's very odd. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Can't remember I, will get to I will get to RRR. One yes, hour per hour. Take a, yes, one hour. That's, I think it's actually split up almost like that, to be honest. So you could. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Anyway, moving on from, from that to the best documentary, which one we're going to talk about more at length because we've both watched it, and that is a film called mm. Navalny, um, which won the best documentary feature at this year's Oscars. Um, deserved or not deserved, we will discuss in due course. So, directed by Daniel Roher, um, who directed the film Once Were Brothers, Robbie Robertson and the band. I don't know if you've seen that one. I haven't, but I love the band and Robbie yeah. Robertson. So, I, I don't know where you can find it, but that's out, out yeah. somewhere. Um, to plot this one, it basically follows the, the assassination attempt of Alex Navalny, Alexei, right, Alexei Navalny, um, his sort of rise to sort of the opposition power in Russia, his attempted assassination by the, supposedly the Russian state, and him trying to uncover who actually did it and try and expose this to the, to the world that he was basically trying to assassinate by the Russian fucking state, which seems insane. 
Um, obviously, the main character in it is Alexei Navalny, so um, he didn't get killed, although I think mentally he may have been destroyed by this. Um, yeah. And his wife plays a major role in it, Yulia Navalnaya. I'm assuming in Russia you take like part of your husband's name and you take like your old name or something. Her, her name starts with his name and then it ends with a different thing. Maybe that's no, similar to Iceland. Maybe. Iceland, yeah. Like, yeah, it's like you, you know, like everyone's yeah. son, son or something like that. You know? Alexanderson, no, yeah, 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 yeah something yeah. like that. Um, so I've talked shit tons. What do you think of this one? Because I made you watch this. You did make me watch this yes. uh, in preparation for this, and it was fantastic. I thought, um, really well done. Kind of everything I enjoy about documentaries. So. Um, Especially when, you know, my own ignorance, I don't know much about Navalny at all, really, going into it. I didn't know much about this story, to be fair. Um, kind of seen bits and bobs on the news, but I didn't, I hadn't been following it, really. And uh, I, I thought, from a stylistic perspective, on the budget that um, Daniel Mower had, he did a great job. I, I thought there was a, a brilliant mix between um, on-the-road, DIY, handicam footage which gave you that energy like yep. feeling you were feeling you were part of a campaign but also really laced with a sense of dread like mm. you could really feel it i was even from his perspective thinking dude what are you doing like what i, I have the balls to follow this it's 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 the stuff of like espionage movies or you know like a john le Carre or something like that it just it doesn't feel real and it, you, yeah. know, you see all this yeah. stuff all the time uh, on the news and everything else but this the, the power of this documentary i think is it really brings a chilling reality to the sense of authoritarianism that we're a bit disconnected from and why i suppose to make it a bit relevant i guess a, um, a flipping tweet from a um a bbc former footballer about um comparing our standards of western life to nazi germany mm. it's so many people off because we don't really know we're born comparatively um, yes. uh, there was yeah as i say i thought it was it was great he was very handsome as well he was the antithesis of um Putin, wasn't he? he was he was charismatic handsome he'd be played by alexander skarsgård in the movie um, he was ripped he had a hot wife he was a tiktoker he um you know he, he was everything that the he was colour, whereas Russia is still very much grey. Yeah. Uh, that's why he was such a danger. I thought it was fascinating. What did you think? I'm, I'm not quite as up on it as you were. Um, there's a lot of stuff I did like about it. I thought it was, thought it was a well told, the way it told, told the story and the way it broke it down was very well done. Um, I liked that it kept a narrow focus. Like, yes, it, I it very that. easily just sort of branched off into, like, you know, going into yes. different things about, you know, Russia and all that stuff. But it did, it kept it very much focused on him and on the family mm-hmm. and on the point they're trying to make. So there's a lot of plaudits for that because I think that it's so easy we see documentaries now just to sort of branch out. Um, I thought it was doesn't labour. You know, it, it's a trim 99 yeah. minutes which kept it really moving and maybe gave it yeah. that energy you're talking about. Yeah. Like because I think it's over the course of maybe like three years, isn't it? Three or four years itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. at the start of it, they've not quite hit COVID yet, have they? But it's sort of, no. there's rumours of it. By the end of the film, they're all wearing masks and stuff like that. So it's obviously... Yeah. It's maybe three years worth in the making. So it trimmed out in 99 minutes, I thought it was great. If it was on Netflix, for example, it would have been probably about four documentaries, about 45 minutes each. So it would have been like about, yeah. it would have been dragged out and it would have a whole stuff of it that don't really did relevant. So love that part about it. Um, but it, to me, it mostly just felt competent rather than mm. in any way sort of groundbreaking. There's nothing really particularly special about it in terms of the filmmaking style or, or how it was put together for me it, <coughs> it felt like a very well done documentary by what it felt like a news agency and a bunch of journalists which is essentially what it is because it's made by cnn yeah 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 so it's it, it's methodical in what it does and it's making sure it gets all the right points across but it it it, it lacked a sort of a wow factor for me a flair a lack of flair. Like flair. Yeah. yeah 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 you're right you're right to be fair i it, it's it was more of a uh, an extended really interesting journalistic long form uh, magazine a long piece. piece of journalism rather than watching like yeah. the john oliver show or watching the daily show yes. this yeah. is the, this is the extension of that it's a, it's a long form piece of journalism yes. you get right deep into it and it's something that's perhaps missing from um mm-hmm. it's sort of the world this day is like this this long form journalism so 
I think it's the subject matter that sets it apart. I think it's the subject matter that's got at the awards and got at the Oscar. I yeah. don't think it's particularly interesting about it in that respect. But mm. the content of it is, is obviously insanely interesting and very compelling. Yes. But yes. as a documentary, I found it not lacking, but just it's, it's I no, found it it's beige to an extent. Yeah, no, it, it's fa- no, it's fair. It, it, it's fair. Uh, and I was, I was so captivated and enthralled in the story that I hadn't really thought about it like that. And in terms of critiquing it as a piece of entertainment and art, you you can absolutely level that criticism because it hasn't got those flourishes or it hasn't got something which... Um, I, I agree with you on the focus, but then equally they could have contextualised it a bit better maybe. But I agree on the narrow focus on the whole. Um, yeah. But yeah, just something to to lift to lift it and give it a bit more... Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it was like shoestring budget stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. You could tell, again, it's made by a bunch of journalists who are doing it and hoping it, it hits big. Whereas yeah. one of the films that beat this year for the best picture or best documentary was a film called Fire of Love on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. I think is a one is a beautiful documentary and it actually it has a flair and it has a passion and it has a real kind of heart to it. And again, yeah. it's hard to put a heart into Russia, you know, right now, so you can't really do that. <laughs> but it, that one impact I've thought about that one long after I watched this, but this yeah. one I've not and, and I really should be thinking about this one because the way it ends, you're like, fucking hell, that's horrible. But yeah, it just it, it has it's it yeah. it it yeah. in the same sense, but I do feel more educated because of it, like I can I can discuss mm. it, yeah. which I guess is a point of it, as opposed to it's not there. Yeah. But I guess by that notion, it's should it be winning at the Oscars? Yeah. Again, yeah, not really, probably. But yeah. then it's it's the political message of winning, isn't it, as well? Rather than is it winning on its own merits? Yeah. Is it winning because of the the story rather than the way it was presented? Yeah, Probably. I think I think it presents a sto- it presents its subject matter in a in a um digestive yeah. fashion. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they do skim over some pretty weird stuff about them that, that maybe would have been a you know yeah 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 you know, yeah, so. yeah 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 yeah. There was there was some you know he's, he's, he's not a knight in shining armor. I liked it when it went down that route because he's he's going to do anything he can to win. But yeah. that was his goal. Obviously, not going to happen now. He's fucked. But uh, um, spoiler, I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, not yeah. dead, uh, but not seen sunlight for a while. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of portrayed as this freedom fighter, which in a sense he absolutely is. I mean, you've got to be fucking brave or full of hubris or stupid or arrogant or all of the above to, to even attempt to take on that regime. But yeah, some questionable... Um, you know, some skeletons in the closet for sure. Yeah, which would be yeah, interesting to. You'd be question. You'd at least be asking a few more questions about it. You know, you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yes. you can't just ignore the smell in the co- in the closet at that point. You have to like go. You know, the enemy of my you enemy is my friend, but there's some interesting friend enemies yeah. to have as friends. You know, <laughs> and he still doesn't condemn it, which is worrying. But yeah, that's the weird thing about it. Like he doesn't actually, you know, sort of go like the means to meet the end were there, but I, I do regret that. It's like nope. Standing by it. <laughs> yeah, I'd do it again. Do it again. We're doing okay. nothing different. Like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you've you've uh, you've as as you always tend to do, dude. You've you've made me think about it in a different way. So I, I would be inclined to agree with you. But I, I did very much enjoy it at the same time. I, again, I did enjoy it, but I, I'm I'm just I'm comparing to all documentaries. I've not seen all documentaries mm-hmm. this year. But the ones I've seen this year, I'm going. That I don't think that was up there with my favourite this year, or even the one that's hit me the best. And I think, um, yeah. like I said, Fire Love is the one that hit me the really got me. Um, I got I got a solid seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's fair. That's all sure. fair. With that, um, so we'll go from that. We'll go to the other film we saw this week, which is I don't know if it's a polar opposite of Navalny, but it's definitely not in the same genre as, as Navalny. Um, <laughs> and that is a film called Peril, which is the prequel. Um, to the film X, directed by Ty West, who's also directing this one. He directed The Innkeepers, and he directed Cabin Fever 2, the best of the Cabin Fevers, I think we'll all agree. Um, th- this one is... <laughs> so it's it's a prequel to the film X, so if you've, if you've seen X, I'm not going to ruin it if you've not seen it yet. Um, it's a, basically a horror film where these guys go to the, um, like a farm to shoot a porn movie, um, and then all hell breaks loose in, in the... In the um, in the farm. So this tells a story of a character who is tangentially involved in this, but it's set in the past. She is Peril. She is trying to become a star and get out of a small town. 
and um, very overburdening parents who, well, one overburdening parent, the other one is um, like disabled and she's sort of forced to look after them. And basically, they, in a pursuit of stardom, it caused her to go through a psychotic break and all hell breaks loose with her. That's probably a point, yes. Yeah, yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah. You've got an lead role, Mia Goff, uh, who also works as producer and writer on this one. Um, and you've got David Coruswit, um plays like sort of the love interest in it. Um, Tandy Wright plays one of the friends. So it's Emma Jenkins Puro and Matthew Sullivan plays the dad. Um, so I'm intrigued because we're coming at this from two different angles because you've not <laughs> seen it and I have seen mm. it. Correct. So for me, this film needs X because without it, I think it would feel very unresolved and kind of half an idea that's not quite pulled off right. Is that how your yeah. film you watched it? Like you felt it was like another film to come almost? I felt like I was missing Something. aspects, context. Yeah. I was not for, not for a lot of it. I I thought uh, Mia Goth's performance was so good, yeah, and uh, and so captivating and so unpredictable that um, she kept me enthralled and captivated and disturbed throughout. Yes. It was this simmering pot of depravity just waiting to bubble over, wasn't it? I mean, but it yeah. starts. You can see that straight from the bat. You know, the opening scene with the duck, and I was like, okay, right. Um, but she's, I love the, yeah, the, 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 a lot of aspects. I was like, oh, I, I just felt like I was missing something for sure. But there was definitely enough to still make it um, an entertaining and interesting film. I, I think I probably would enjoy it more if I'd seen the original. Um, but her, her performance is great, isn't it? Yeah, no, she's excellent. She's, she's awesome, and she seems to have really latched onto something. This character, like I said, she's she's in the she's in X. She's in this, and she's wrote this one. I think she's wrote as well the second, the third one as well. So she seems to, for whatever reason, she's twigged on this character. She's sort of really sort of invested something. Mm-hmm. She feels that she's got something to give it, and the whole film does live and die with her. Yeah, um, yeah. If, if if she was in any way poor, it would fall apart very quickly. You know, with a lesser yeah, actress in that role. Because the whole there's a scene when she talks about but ten minutes straight to the camera. Yeah, that that was the best scene I thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, when she's confessing to the friend and stuff at the dinner table. Um, yeah, yeah th- there's it, it, interesting themes. I don't know that doesn't quite work all of them, but definitely it's it's aiming for more than just she's a bit of a psycho, isn't it? Or is that yeah, just me it, overthinking it? Yeah, no, I think it definitely has, and I think the tone of it makes it like that. It's it's not a it doesn't have a horror tone for a lot of it. It's sort of it's almost kind of lighter. But she's a darkness within it, and then all of a sudden the darkness envelops her and it sort of expands out into the world. Yeah. But then there's killings in like broad daylight, and it sort of it doesn't yeah. feel horror esque in that respect. Because normally it's about the darkened room with the the blade. It's yeah. not. It's like someone in the middle of a farmland, like butchering someone in the middle of a cornfield. It's sort of yeah. It doesn't yeah. really work. It, no, that works because it's so um, yeah different. You're not it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's so it's so like enthralled to. The beginnings of movies isn't it you know the technical the, sh- yeah. the way it's shot is so technical and over the top that it's and she's so um so sweet and innocent yeah. seemingly you know with big doe eyes and he aspires to be a movie star but she never can and it's it's deals with a lot of different things i say i don't think it all works but the idea of having like you know um a bit on the nose but presumably you know um german parents with questionable uh histories uh, yes. <laughs> um and a yeah. really kind of a really uh, repressed um stifled childhood and, and well, adult, young adulthood and she she wants to live her dreams and the more that they are bottled or taken away from her the more bottled up and frustrated she becomes but clearly she's titillated by all by 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 death by sex by anything that is taboo that yes. this character is very much drawn to and it's it's just you you know that basically from the first scene and i presume you know that all the more but with, with whoever she is in x yes but, uh, yeah it's it's i guess you're just waiting for that character to develop into who she, who pearl really becomes yeah i mean to be honest i thought the pearl character in the um in the x is you pretty much get it already this is just going to add a bit more context to it Okay. Uh, Peril and it's that pursuit of fame that she has, which in the nineteen, what's you said, mm-hmm. the nineteen, is it set in World War One? It felt like World War One, yeah. but it felt like World War Two ish at the same time. It's, yeah, it's nineteen eighteen, I 
2018. Yeah. So it's that pursuit of fame even back then. Like you could easily substitute her and make it 2020 with a TikToker or like an inf- like someone on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. And it's like you're only yeah. there must be ones who are different off the reel because they haven't achieved that fame that they thought like they've seen people do. Um, so you've got that aspect to it. But it, it, it we've been odd like sort of I think dead fellow with like Babylon because both are like sort of trying to celebrate cinema of the old guard. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, not wanting to treat it as a sweet and innocent. They, they almost want a debauched version of it. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it was deliberate to set it in a pandemic as well? Feels a bit... It's like you're I, swinging I, 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 for lots I, I, of different things. I don't things. think it's quite at the time, but it does, probably could be, because, like, you know, it's it does that idea that everything is, you know, circular. You know, nothing's... Yeah. You know, and listen to a few yeah. podcasts of how we behaved during the last pandemic, realise it's like, oh, we're fucking idiots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, as a society, we're idiots, we didn't learn anything. <laughs> We've learned yeah. nothing. Dooms <laughs> to repeat yeah. our mistakes. Yeah. And I, I, I guess it, it makes makes a lot of sense, to be honest. You know, it, it's... Mm. You don't... If you saw that film five years ago and it's set in a pandemic, it would feel completely alien. Yes. Whereas now, it doesn't yes. it feel, it feels so relatable. So it, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, and that that kind of that accentuates her sense of feeling, um, you know, caged in almost. Yeah. You know, it's it's sense of you know you you're not going out. Like the mother actually says, you know, yeah. you don't obey me. Like is the mother representing government or something? Yeah. I don't know. Could be yeah. overthinking it, but you know, it felt like it was. This is a person who was pushed into a box, and you push someone so much that they could end up turning into a. So Sorry. if the mother represents the <laughs> government, does that mean like she represents like the society that's just losing the shit right now? Is that the kind of idea? Like as we're all going to end up just you know, or sexually we end up just like butchering each other to death, butchering each other and fucking scarecrows. That's it's. I mean, it's, it's it's what we all have to end up doing eventually. It's inevitable. We just have to accept it now. Yes, it, it will happen. And I live in the countryside, so I'm going to find scarecrows everywhere now. Um, but yeah, so it's um. <laughs> It feels cinematic, I thought it was good. It didn't feel small, which I really enjoyed. The big vistas and stuff, mm-hmm. like you said, the way it shoots. It moves at a pretty decent pace. It's a like, hundred minutes long, give or take. It's not, it doesn't slow down in any way. It's not like a, a slow film. But it does take its time. It's, it's, it's not slow, but it, does, mm-hmm. it doesn't go straight to the horror. But when it does, the horror does start no. hitting, it's like, holy fuck, it's great. It's, it's nasty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it kicks into gear pretty. But, you know, when, once it does, it takes a good 40 minutes, really. What about um, really, really an hour before anything really nasty, nasty happens in it, you know? Yeah, but it's just oh, some of the, the bits before, they're just there's a scene with her and the father when she's in the bath. No, even that, it's just, uh, it's so I, kind of... I found more icky than anything else. I feel like this. Yes, that's what I mean. It's just, uh, I yeah, it's just all... I do something with the dad. I'm like, don't, please, don't, 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 don't. Yeah, so I'm intrigued to see what you think of this film after you've watched X. So you have to let me know. Like how X changes your pursuit of it. Yes, I think it will ruin X for you. Do you? Because I think there's a twist in X that I think is ruined by this film. It's a bit like watching like Star Wars trilogy, like watching the Phantom Menace one before you watch like uh, the original trilogy type thing. You, you, you now know like something that is fundamentally meant to be something big. Damn, damn. I, sh- I should have, I didn't know. Do you know, I typed the text out should i watch x first or does it really matter and i just thought no it'll be all right be fine i'll watch x after the fact i don't know why i didn't act on that that's frustrating i frustrated myself with that yeah i think i think you you'll still get something from it but i do feel that it's it's it will again i'm not i can't say anything about ruin it once you see it we'll, we'll discuss we'll, we'll talk about it once you've seen it okay okay, okay. But i think there's yeah. something that might not quite work um i gave it a very solid seven out of ten yeah, uh, it was the same for me. And irrespective of me doing it in an arse about face manner, I am intrigued by the third one. You know, I want to see more um, of this collaboration between the two of them. <laughs> yeah, sure it'll be interesting. Setting, I'm intrigued about really setting the new one because the first one set, like, well, Peril set in the 1920s or late 1910s. Mm. Yeah. And it's very much sort of the big new cinema, you know, the big sort of like, you know, like technical mm-hmm. try to like show, show off what cinema can be. Mm-hmm. X is set during the 70s. And it's all very much that kind of like kind of exploitative cinema, you know, very, you know, yes, you know, video nasty type feel about it almost. So mm-hmm. I might not be able to set this one, you know, will it yeah. be like the 2000s with like sort of the Miramaxi world or will it be some later on or, you know, it'd be interesting to know where he's setting it. Mm. I probably yeah. could think. I'm intrigued to see what he's doing. Um, 
Anyway, that is that is us for this week. We've discussed the Oscars, we've discussed some movies. Um, next week, Mr. Mackay will be back, and he will have seen things, and I will have seen things, and we will talk at length with Mr. Mackay about 65, because I've not seen it yet, and I'm going to go and see it, because I want to see Adam Driver fight dinosaurs. Oh, it looks so much fun. Yeah, that's it. it just looks fun. And yeah. everyone, everyone I've heard seen it so far has told me it's fun. It's yeah. it's a film where Adam Driver shoots dinosaurs, and you know what? That's what I expected from it. That's what I want to see. Adam Driver shoots dinosaurs. Um, we've got Scream 6 is still out, which is um, I'm intrigued by. I've mostly been a fan of the Scream series, like from yeah. start to finish. Um, and I really enjoy, actually really enjoy Scream 5, um, or Scream as we're calling it, but it's actually Scream 5. Um, <coughs> I like what the guys who were involved in it did, um, and I quite like the idea of moving it to like New York. It's like an interesting concept. You know, I'll, I'll I'll get out, out the sleeping yeah, I fell away. fell away after Scream 4, I think. Yeah. I liked 4. Yeah. And this one, I'm just hearing Pantieri's back in Scream 6. Oh, okay. And she's nice. probably the best thing in Scream 4, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, she probably was. I, yeah, I, I didn't mind four at all. I just I don't know why I didn't watch. Scream. I think you'd enjoy five. Yeah. Five, I, is, I five is taking the absolute piss out and absolutely sort of destroying the internet or the idea of like what a sequel should be. You okay. know, this idea of like ownership of what you think you have as a viewer and what is belongs to the filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, in the same like, way like the, the Bukowski sister. Basically mm-hmm. made like the Matrix Resurrections, the Resurrections, the new one. Yes, whatever the new one. It's yeah. almost like a trans allegory she makes in it, and it's like sort of like yeah. just just to really fuck with all the pricks who were like sort of yeah, met, yeah. like all the kind of macho dudes who are in love with the Matrix. It's like I, I appreciate that. Oh, didn't like, yeah, yeah. didn't like the film, but I appreciate what you're doing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I like when you fuck with people. I enjoy that. If, if a film <laughs> pisses off the right people, I'm, I'm actually I'm more of a fan of oh. it. Oh just, yeah. Why would I appreciate everything everywhere all at once? It did seem to piss off all the right people. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, begrudgingly, we might have to admit that we quite like the new Joker film just because it's going to really piss off all the incel cunts who love the first one. That's, honestly, see if it turns into a completely full one musical and they hate it, I will probably just, on merit, just love it. Just, <laughs> just, 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 just to angle them more than one else, you know? You know? Um, Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Also out next week is um, Shazam: Fury of the Gods, which I think you might be duty bound to have to go and see yourself. I will be. I will be attending that with Hunter. Yes, yes I will Shazam be. Yeah. Is a, a massive Shazam fan, which I totally get. It's, it a, it's a proper kid story. It's a kid who becomes a superhero. Why would you not love it? Yeah, yeah, that's good fun. Um, and I really enjoyed the first Shazam. It was completely stupid, completely yeah. silly, but it was a lot of fun. So that yeah. that is out next week. So we will talk next week with Mister McKay about that. So for this week, I've been Richard. You've been Stu, and we have been. Three beers and a movie.